I'm an ex-alcoholic, drug addict, criminal, hustler, womanizer, fighter, liar, manipulator, player, drug dealer, thief, abuser, hypocrite, and a worldly confused individual. My name is Ben Lively. I'm not who I was before. I'm a born-again child of the Most High God, anointed, chosen, set apart, and called to represent the gospel of Jesus Christ. I teach Christians the truth of God's word. I'm a mouthpiece for the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not compromise, play any games, or waste time with this mission from on high. I know that in and of myself, I am not nothing. I need God for every breath I take and every move I make. I have Christ living in me and I'm burning with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I'm different now and forevermore. This earth is not my home. I know that and I declare it boldly. I'm strong in prayer, praying in power and in the Spirit. I will preach, teach, deliver, evangelize, prophesy, baptize, and build up groups of believers as God allows. He is working through me as I'm surrendered to His service as an instrument of righteousness. And if you know me or get to know me, you'll realize that I take no credit for this, but God gets all the glory. In Christ I live and to heaven I will rise. so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. Hope you're well. I'm your host Ben Lively and you're listening to Shaken Awake episode number 21. I just wanted to thank you for t- for tuning in uh, wherever you are and whatever you're doing right this very moment. And listen, if you find any value in today's episode, please pass the news. Pass the podcast name and link to a friend, family, or colleague that you feel uh, would benefit from the show and become as blessed as you are through the words that the Lord shares through these messages. Uh, You can also find these episodes now on YouTube by searching Shaken Awake Podcast and clicking on the uh, subscribe button. And as always, I promise you another great show, but but more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord. He is always right there with you, even when you think he's not. So let's get ready to invite him in with us right here, right now, and allow him to speak directly to your hearts and minds. So here goes. Here is today's topic, why most Christians don't read their Bibles, the damages being done and the blessings being missed. So if you ever heard my testimony on episode one, you know I grew up going to church as a kid. Uh, spending four years in a private Christian school. I had what some would call an advantage, I guess, to being introduced to Jesus in the Bible, which by many standards is correct. Uh, however, when I when I look back, I may have been better off not going. Why? Well, because I was not really taught anything but stories from the Bible, and that was about it. It led me to thinking there wasn't much more to the Bible than what I was taught in Sunday school or the Christian school. I believed, uh, you know, I, I knew enough to believe and pray to Jesus on occasion, but I, I more or less was left reading the Bible up to the church and the school to provide to me. I knew that what I was taught and I, like like most kids, believed I, I knew it all. So skip forward now uh, 15 or so years, you know, I'm loose, loosely going back to church, listening to what the preacher said, albeit most of the time hungover in a brain fog. However, I was being taught 
the Bible, or so I believed. You know, the pastors preached messages that were engaging, and if they didn't, we just wouldn't stay very long until we went to a church that felt right, like we belonged. So on and off we'd go some months more than others, but would always rely on the preaching of the week and the one, two, maybe three Bible verses that were thrown up on the big screen uh, in church in order to follow along and, and read. You know That, my brothers and sisters, was my Bible reading experience through life. Does this sound at all familiar to you? I hope not. But I already know the answer from many of you listening. It's what most Christians and professing Christians, we'll get to the definition of that in a minute, uh, claim is the extent of their Bible experience. How do I know that? Because there are large institutions that spend millions and millions of dollars to scour the world and do studies and surveys to find out these details. So I found out a few and I just... Wanted to share them with you today. Some of you may be shocked, others saddened. But one thing is clear. A spiritual problem exists within the body of Christ when it comes to dwelling in God's word. And we're going to take a look at what God's word says in a bit. But let's take a look at these alarming and sad statistics. And as you know, they're not getting any better. Neither is the world. Now, uh, just real quick, it you know what dawned on me was I helped moderate a Facebook Christian group for men. It's called Men Who Follow Christ. Uh, they're adding maybe a thousand new members every other day. It's grown from zero to fifteen thousand in uh, under a couple months. It's uh, flourishing, which is great to see. One of the questions that are asked before you're able to uh, be a member in the in the private uh, group is, "Do you study your Bible regularly?" And there's no right or wrong. It's a yes or no. It's not going to prevent you from from coming into the group. It's just a question. But I realize that eighty plus percent. Of these members asking to join, when when are when they're asked, do you study your Bible regularly? They're claiming no, and I appreciate the honesty. I just hate the answer. And so, from Pewter Research Center in April 2017, so you know it's gotten worse, not better, which is so unfortunate. About a th- about a third of American Christians, 35 percent, say they read scripture at least once a week, while 45% either seldom or never read scripture. So frequency of reading scripture uh, differs widely among religious groups. You know, Jehovah's Witnesses claim 88%. Mormons are about 77%. Evangelical Protestants about 63%. Um, They just say they read their scripture at least once a week. By by contrast, 65% of uh, Jewish uh, individuals say they seldom or never read scripture. Uh, Three quarters of Christians say they believe the Bible is the word of God. Only three quarters of Christians. So Christians who make up a majority of U.S. adults, which is around 71%, are divided over how to interpret the Bible. While about four in 10 Christians, 39%, say the Bible is the text and word of God and should be taken literally 36% say it should not be interpreted literally or express another or no opinion. And separately, 18% of Christians 
viewed the Bible as a book written by men and not God. So in 2014, about four in 10 Christians, that's 42%, say reading the Bible or other religious materials is an essential part of what being Christians mean to them personally. An additional 37% say reading the Bible is important, but not essential to being a Christian. And 21% say reading the Bible is not an important part of their Christian identity. Lastly, 7 in 10 Americans, 71% know the Bible teaches that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. A a similar share know that Moses was the biblical figure who led the Exodus from Egypt, and 63% could identify Genesis as the the first book of the Bible. Uh, That's according to a 2010 religious knowledge survey. But fewer than half of adults, 45%, could name all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And only 4 in 10, 39%, identified Job as the biblical figure known for remaining obedient to God despite the extraordinary suffering. And I thought this was just alarming, to say the least. From 2011, um, 63.9 million professing Christians stated they never read their Bible. Never, ever read their Bible. 63.9. Fast forward to 2020, 86.8% now never read their Bible. Um, So between 2019 and 2020, the percentage of U.S. adults who say they use the Bible daily dropped 14% to 9% in one year. Daily Bible readers had basically held steady at an average of 13.7% of the population, but the decline continued during the initial months of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And by June, the uh, the percentage of daily Bible Bible users had dropped to 8.5%. So uh, overall, about a fifth or 22% of U.S. adults interact with the Bible multiple times a week, not counting scripture use at church. And that was according to a January uh, survey. So more than a third, 35% of Americans say they never read the Bible. And that's that's up from 25% at the annual report's inception. So um, 60% read the Bible four times per year or less. The entire Bible can be read aloud in 70 hours. According to the Ponce Foundation... They specialize in faith-driven market research. Over 2 billion Christians in the world, less than 30% will ever read through the entire Bible. The fact is over 82% of Christian Americans only read their Bibles on Sundays while in church. You know, a little over 20 years ago, Gallup, you know, the Gallup poll released the results of a major study indicating that 86% of Americans claim to be Christian, although only 70% of these admitted to being born again, according to biblical measure. But in recent studies, the Pew Research indicated that only 25% of Americans now attend church any given Sunday. That's down 47% from 1990. And a shocking 57% of American Christians believe other religions can lead to eternal life. You know, one of the main reasons why American Christians don't read their Bible is only 22% of them believe the Bible is fully inspired by God himself and written by men who were divinely appointed by the Lord. 
So over one in four American Christians believe the Bible to be a book written by mere men, not at all the word of God. And over uh, of the over two billion Christians in the world, less than 30% will ever read through the Bible. So to tell you the truth, I, I couldn't look at any more of those statistics. It, just, it made me sick. You know, of course, 41 years of my life, I fell into most of those categories. So for me, when it came down to exact the exact reason why I didn't study the word of God, it was because, I'll simply put, I, I didn't value what was inside. I put everything in my life above it. It was, impor- it was not important to me. So as, as I recently pondered over some claims I've heard during my lifetime that although should have been convincing enough to get me to read the word of God. I just dismissed it all together as personal preference, men's opinions, not accurate, just plain old fashioned or not important to me or my life. And those are the Bibles, the living word of God. God has breathed the life onto the pages. The Bible was written by men, but inspired by God himself and the Holy Spirit. The Bible is the roadmap and guide to life. Every one of life's problems and questions are answered in the Bible. God speaks directly to you through the Bible. It's a living, breathing entity that is ever-changing as you seek him. It's vast and beyond more than the words typed in it. There are secrets in the Bible to be revealed to you as you read it. And read the Bible in one year straight through and it will change your life. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's more, but these are the just a few of the ones I remembered. So why did I ignore these claims and invalid points made? Why did I still consider reading the Bible the lowest priority? In fact, it wasn't even on the list of priorities in my life. Yet everything evil and bad was. Everything was. You know, I put more time into researching which deodorant smelled better or what IPA beer to buy that I cared about opening a Bible and reading it. Little did I also know our Bible speaks about reading our Bibles, both what we gain and what we lose by reading or not reading. Did you know that? I didn't. Here are a few. In 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. In Joshua 1.8, It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Psalms 119 uh, verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Romans 15.4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. How much is hope worth these days? It's all right there. Psalms 119.11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 2 Timothy 2.15, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker 
who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Furthermore, in Matthew 4.4, 4, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How do you know any word that comes from the mouth of God if you're not reading it, if you're not in it? Psalms 119.9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. 1 Timothy 4.13, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. And Luke 24, 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Proverbs 2, 3 to 5, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. 1 Peter 2.2, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Acts 17.11, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were true. John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Luke 10, 26, he said to them, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And I'll ask you, how do you read it? Do you read it? James 1, 21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Isaiah 55:11 So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish what that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it 1 John 2:1-29 My little children I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin but if anyone does sin we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. So how do we know if we're not in it? Again, there are at least a hundred more uh, uh, verses uh, that speak to the wisdom, the knowledge, the glory, and just wisdom gained by reading our Bible. So I'll, I'll leave that up to you to uh, to read. I've learned more about God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, my life, my sins, my blessings, his grace, my salvation, how to run the race set before me, and everything I share in these podcasts I've only learned them through reading my Bible and the wisdom and understanding from the Holy Spirit when I read from the Bible. I want to tell you, it's totally 
transformed everything I thought I knew to what God always wanted me to know. There is no doubt I was lost in the world I was living. I got all my information from occasional pastors every few Sundays for, what, a half hour? Social media, so-called friends, news media, TV, internet. Can anyone else relate? I actually hope you can't. But according to the statistics, many of you do or can. If I could provide one piece of life-changing advice to the world, Christians and non-Christians alike, and I only had 30 seconds to do so, I would do my utmost to convince everyone to dive into the Bible and read it through. And here's why. Everything you've ever wanted or aspired towards is in that great book of God. Everything society strives for can be achieved through God's word. Everything we ever want is through the words found in God's living Bible. And what everyone lacks can be found in the Bible. Knowing God and having a personal relationship with Jesus starts and ends in the Bible. The reason most people are unhappy inside is because they haven't experienced the true love, joy, peace, security, and blessings found in God alone, which is spelled out in the Bible. The Bible is the greatest and only true fact checker that has ever or will ever exist. It is the ultimate guidebook, instruction manual, how-to, wisdom and understanding that serves as the framework and personal guidance of the Holy Spirit to express and realize true love, true joy, true peace, true understanding, true wisdom and knowledge, true happiness, true protection, true repentance, true guidance, and a true understanding of the creator of the universe and everything within it. It's a love letter from God to his children and it's timeless. It's everlasting. It's free. It was written by him for you. It will fundamentally and spiritually change you from the inside out. It opens up two-way communication between you and God. Furthermore, there are a million reasons why you should be in the Bible every day. And none of them are to be legalistic or follow some rule or law. But rather, reading the Bible daily helps us to live life better. You know, Matthew 4, 4, but Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. In Proverbs 6.23, for this command is a lamp, this teaching is a light, and correction and instructions are the way to life. And in Job 22.22, accept instructions from his mouth and lay up his word in your heart. And to do God's will, you know, reading the Bible, it helps you obey God and not sin. In Psalms 119, 9 to 12, it says, How can a young man keep his behavior pure? By guarding it in accordance with your word. I have sought you with all of my heart. Do not let me drift away from your commands. I have stored what you have said in my heart so I won't sin against you. Blessed are you, Lord. Teach me your statutes. Psalms 47, 8 said, Then I said, Look, I have come as it as is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. How can we write instructions and have them written on our heart if we don't read them? 
Another reason is to guard yourself from false teachings and false teachers. It's getting worse by the day. 1 John 4, 1, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to determine if they are from God because many false prophets have gone out to the world. How can you test the spirits to determine if they're from God if you're not in your Bible? And in Matthew 24, 24 to 26, is for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive and if possible, even the elect. Remember, I've told you ahead of time. So then if someone says to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe him. Another reason is to spend time with the Lord. Proverbs 2, 6 to 7, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who, whose walk is blameless. And 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Another thing you're going to get if you read the Bible, you'll be convicted more of sin. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Another reason is to know more about our beloved Savior, Jesus, the cross, the gospel. You know, in John 14, 6, Jesus answered him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which you are also saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you've believed it in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Another thing it does is it gives us encouragement. In Psalms 119.50, my comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. Romans 15, 4 to 5, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So we don't start getting comfortable. It's another reason. Make sure Christ is always first in your life. You don't want to drift away from him. Romans 12, 11 says, Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Proverbs 28, 9, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. Let me read that again. Proverbs 28, 9, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. One thing else that uh, reading the Bible can help with is excitement. Makes you want to praise the Lord more. You know, Psalms 56, 10 to 11, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust and I'm not afraid. What can man do to me? Psalms 106, 1 to 2, praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. 
Who can speak of the mighty deeds of the Lord or can show forth all his praise? By reading the Bible, you will know God better. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That's the Bible. 1 Peter 2, 2 to 3 says, Like newborn babies, again, thirst for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in your salvation. Surely you have tasted that the Lord is good. Another great reason would be it gives you better fellowship with other Christian believers. With scripture, you can teach, you can bear each other's burdens, you can give biblical advice, right? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, because of this, comfort one another and build one uh, one another up just as you have done. Another is to defend your faith. 1 Peter 3, 14 to 16, but even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed and do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense for to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that's in you, yet with gentleness and reverence, and keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you're slandered, those who revel your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. 2 Corinthians 10 to 5, and all their intellectual arrogance that oppose the knowledge of God, we take every thought captive so that it's obedient to Christ. Another reason is to defend against Satan. You know, as Ephesians 6.11 tells us, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6.16-17, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, God's word is eternal. The earth isn't. You know, as Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will pass, but my words will never pass away. Psalms 119, 89, your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Hearing God's voice, his word, the Bible gives us direction. That's why Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to walk by and a light to illuminate my path. And in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. The Bible also helps us to grow as believers. As Psalms 1, 1 to 4 says, blessed is the person who does not follow the advice of wicked people or take the path of sinners or join the company of mockers. Rather, he delights in the teachings of the Lord and reflects on his teachings day and night. He's like a tree planted beside streams, a tree that produces fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. He succeeds in everything he does. Wicked people are not like that. Instead, they are like husks that the wind blows away. Scripture also, guys, helps us serve God better. You know, 2 Timothy 3.17 says it gives the man who belongs to God Everything he needs to work well for him. 
It also allows us to use our time wisely instead of turning our mind into into mush. You know, Ephesians 5, 15 to 16 says, so then be very careful how you live. Don't live like foolish people, but like wise people. Make the most of your opportunities because these are evil days. I think you would all agree to that. Also for spiritual discipline. Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Where do you get your training? The Bible. 1 Corinthians 9.27 No, I uh, strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others I will not be disqualified for the prize. And lastly, you'll learn more about history. You know, Psalm 78.3.4 Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. And Hebrews 11.34, by faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. So some of the consequences, conversely, of, of uh, Bible illiteracy, you know, we, we, we end up assuming the character of God if we're not in the Bible. God reveals himself through his creation and his word. If we base our knowledge of God on anything other than scripture, we're walking down the path of characterizing and based on cultural input and feelings. Both of these are like shifting sands that'll change. It will, it will cause us to question the character of God when something conflicts, right, with our with our poorly informed theology. Neglecting the Bible leads us to assume God's character rather than actually knowing it. We need to know the truth of God's word to guide our lives. Another thing that happens when we ne- neglect the word is we wander from God's design and purpose for our life. You know, when we don't invest in knowing and understanding God's word, we don't know our purpose and we can't live a life pleasing to him. Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You know, when God calls us to have faith, he doesn't call us to blind faith. He calls us to trust him with what he has told us and promised us in his word. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. God wants us to live by faith and have faith in him because of his word. When we live by faith and seek him, we can understand his will for our life and then do as James 1, tells us, which is be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. In the next two verses, 23 to 24, It says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and once uh, once forgets what he was like. So if, if this is what it looks like to hear and not do, what would be said of the Christians who fails to even hear and read God's word? If, if, if we don't listen, read, 
and seek to understand God's word, we will walk through our life wandering from his divine plan and purpose for our life, doing what he forbids and failing to do what he requires of us as his children, leading to a life that's not pleasing to him. I've got 41 years behind me of that. You know, another thing we don't do if we were not in the word and not reading our Bible, we don't declare his word to others. How can we? In verse 13 of Psalms 119, the psalmist vows that with my lips, I will declare all the rules of your mouth. So it's by knowledge and loving God's word that the psalmist shares God's ways with others. Declare is such a powerful word in that verse. And it means to make known or to announce. My purpose in being intentional is not about being and having a better life. It's about glorifying God and doing his will for a life. It's not about you getting a badge, right, for Bible literacy for you to show your peers, but that you can fulfill the Great Commission. As Christians, we should take the Bible literacy seriously because we don't, we're not equipped to fulfill the Great Commission. If we don't know God's word, we can't share it with others and make disciples of all nations. If we try to fulfill the Great Commission without knowing and sharing God's word, we're not making disciples of Christ, but of morality and worldly wisdom. You know, another thing, if we're not in the word, we don't delight in God, but substitute our affections for worldly gains. I'm a huge example of that, or I was. You know, without an understanding of God's word and knowing his character, we will struggle to live a life in awe of God and live a life overflowing in worship of him. In verse 14 of Psalms 119, the psalmist declares that he delights in the testimonies of God more than in all the riches. He delights in God's word. For delight isn't in God because of the testimonies of his word. Our worship is simply shifted to something or someone else. You know, us human beings by their very nature are worshipers. Worship is not something we do. It defines who we are. You can't divide human beings into those who worship and those who don't. Everyone worships. It's just a matter of what or whom we serve. You know, if we're not saturated in God's word and constantly reminded of why we are worshiping him, our affections will shift from him and to the riches of the world. You know, when you don't read the Bible, we forget we forget his word and we're left without defense when attacked spiritually. You know, lastly, we cripple ourselves by not being prepared for the spiritual warfare that comes when we don't have the whole armor of God. So if we look at the temptation of Jesus in Matthew 4, we see how he responds to Satan's attacks with the word of God that's hidden in his heart. So if we want to stand a chance against the spiritual attacks of the evil one, we too must do as Jesus did. As the psalmist declares in Psalms 119.11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This isn't a one-time effort, but it's a lifetime of growing and understanding of the word. We, We need the instruction of God's word to prepare for battle. And the reminders like Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth to keep us ready. You know, the, the point of sharing these consequences of being 
what I call Bible illiterate is not to instill fear or legalism in our lives. The point is to accurately assess the consequences of an uninterested approach to God's word so that we can see clearly and make changes where the spirit of God prompts us. Don't change because of guilt or a sense of duty. Change because you want a deeper relationship with God for you and your family and to glorify him with your life. God's word is not just applicable and beneficial to our daily lives. It's essential to living a life worthy of our calling, just as the word itself says. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. So my final questions to you are this. What in your life is stopping you or you've decided is more important than putting in 15 to 30 minutes of your day every day into the word of God? Are you prepared to continue to put the Bible at the bottom of your daily to-do list? What is more important than God's living word? What are you prepared to tell God one day to his face If he asks why you never took time out to read the book he wrote for you. And if you believe the Bible is real, authentic, and the true word of God, why would you not read it, or even more, not dwell in it? My final statement is this. I challenge you to prayerfully consider the information that we discuss in today's podcast. Test it with God's word and ask God where and how he wants you to make his word more central to your life. Everything you could ever want or need or hope or plead for is outlined inside the pages of your Bible. Set your alarm for 30 minutes earlier each day and make some time for your creator and watch your entire life change. So before we end today's show, I just wanted to thank you all again for tuning in. I hope you were touched by God through today's message in scripture. I'd like to ask you a favor only if you received any value out of today's show. Would you tell at least one person you know, call them, text them, email them, message them, talk to them, tell them to give the show a listen. It may just help their walk with Christ. And I need your support. If you could give me a quick star rating or review, it takes three to five seconds. I'd love that support from you guys. Just allows the word to get out uh, and the Lord and the Holy Spirit to uh, reach even more lives through this broadcast. So if you'd like to get a hold of me, as many of you are, you can write me a note on www.shaken-awake.com forward slash contact. Email me directly at ben at shaken-awake.com or even call or text me directly for any reason at 407-493-3208. Again, that number is 407-493-3208. I'd love your feedback, your questions, your ideas, requests, criticisms, corrections. If and when it's important to you, I'll always make it important to me. And also, if you'd like to be a guest of this show, please reach out to me and let me know as well. I know many of you have a life or eternity changing story you'd like to share. So please let me know. I'll schedule you in. We don't hear enough of the truth these days or the positive ways of God and Jesus Christ. This podcast with your help is going to change that up. So I'd love your help with this 
where you can. So next week, tune in next Sunday or whenever you're able as we dive into another important topic. Where are you at today with your faith and your walk with Christ? Next week's episode is another powerful and do not miss episode. Thanks for joining. Until next week, take great care of yourself and each other and God bless you all. Thank you.